This is the Real Housewives of the Kingdom podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Rogers. In this sweet space, you'll hear from women who are like you and some that are not. We will talk about how God is walking with us through the good and the hard on subjects like marriage, homemaking, friendships, ministry, parenting, and seeking God. You will also hear from me sharing what God is doing in my own heart. The enemy of our souls wants us to feel alone, and that couldn't be further from the truth. So if you are like me and need that reminder, join us as we laugh and cry together, giving God the glory through the stories of our lives. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Real Housewives of the Kingdom. I'm Caroline, your host, and we have been smack dab in the middle of our Healthy Habits for Marriage series, and I hope you've been enjoying it and getting a lot of great encouragement from some of the other housewives that we've talked to and from me and my hubby on our episode where we talked about habits that we have cultivated together that have really served our marriage well. Obviously, marriage is a really important subject for me. It is something that uh, I feel very called to speak into and something that I feel very blessed that the Lord has just shown up when I have stepped out in faith to try and walk in what he's asked me to, I've just seen a lot of blessing from it. So I am here to tell you not just this list of things to get you to write down and try to follow, but I really do want you to have a thriving marriage because, you know, this world can be really crazy. And when our marriages are contentious and volatile, that is not helpful. Our homes should be a place of peace and rest, and your spouse should be somebody that you can kind of get away and know that when you are with them, that they're kind of a shelter from the crazy of life, that when you get home, that is a sweet space that is protected because you have created a a beautiful and harmonious atmosphere in your home. Now, that doesn't just happen overnight. That doesn't just happen by doing a prescribed set amount of things per se, but it's also kind of in your heart and your intentions towards your marriage together. And it is having God the center of it, quite honestly. The Bible is very clear about marriage and how God designed it to work correctly. We see a lot of examples in the Bible of marriage that did not work out so well. We see kings who had so many wives. We see uh, problems with people who had many wives. We see uh, people who were divorced. We see people who did not treat their spouses correctly, but we also see good examples in the Bible as well. And so uh, I am just excited to just kind of come on and try to give you a little encouragement into uh, a couple of things that I just want you to focus on. Now, I was at a marriage night at church a few weeks back and They had a local Christian counselor there, and she was doing kind of a QA and a about marriage. Now, we started out the beginning of the evening where the husbands and wives were together, and then we split off for a little bit and then came back together. And when we were split off, the counselor, who was a woman, uh, just 
chatted with us and answered any more questions. Now, it was just kind of interesting to sit back and listen to some of the questions that some of the women had. And a lot of what I saw was just this desire to change their spouse. Can you tell my husband that? Can you tell him to change so that he doesn't do this anymore? I mean, I just, I saw a lot of that. And honestly, it is hard to not focus on our own, on our own downfalls. It's easy to see our spouses and we often are more scrutinizing of our spouse because we're living with them day in and day out. And because we love them and because we just share such a close proximity with them and such an intimacy with them, it they can be the first person to get the brunt of our bad days. And because of that, uh, you know, we can experience difficulty within our marriage. Now, when bad days and giving your spouse the worst of yourself kind of continues, that is a bad habit. And that can happen on both ends, but today I am just talking to the wives. <laughs> I want to just really encourage you if you're listening to this and you're feeling like you're struggling in your marriage and you're struggling because you feel like there's a lot of things you're being hurt by your spouse with, or you feel like they're not hearing you or listening to you, and you just feel really discontent in your marriage, I want you to hear me out. I want you to hear me say that the best way for you to change your spouse is to first start with yourself. And that is something that I have seen time and time again uh, over the course of my 20 now now 20 plus years of marriage over and over again I've seen that when I am starting to get focused on something that my hubby is maybe having a little bit of a shortcoming on um, I guess what I'm not focused on myself I am looking at something he's doing or saying and I am not thinking about my own shortcomings. There's a lot of scriptures in the Bible about that taking the plank out of your own eye before you remove the speck in your brothers. And of course that definitely applies to here to marriage. And I want to at the end I'm going to share five of my top tips for Habits that have served me well as a wife in marriage, not having anything to do with my husband, but things that I have done over the years. But before I do that, I do want to kind of start to dive into a few of the things that we can see in the Bible, especially Proverbs. Proverbs talks a lot about wives, and there are some good things it says about wives and some bad things it says about wives. And, you know, one of the motivations that we can have when we are doing this is that we want to work and do things for the Lord, not for man. So in Colossians 3.23, it says, put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. For we know that we will receive a reward and inheritance from the Lord as we serve the Lord, Yahweh, the anointed one. So if you're listening to what I'm saying and going, 
But Caroline, what about my husband? He's horrible. He says these horrible things to me. He doesn't listen to me. We never go on dates, whatever. Whatever grievance you have with your spouse, I want you to just take a minute and hear me out and listen to what I have to say about some of the things that we can kind of turn the flashlight back on ourselves or turn the spotlight back on ourselves to just really ask the Lord, search our hearts, Lord, and show us how we can be a better spouse. So I want to first talk about the word contentious. So the Proverbs have a lot about people who are contentious. And in case you don't know what that means, it is causing or likely to cause an argument or controversial. Also, it is a person who is given to arguing or provoking argument. So I want you to take a minute right now, and I want you to just pray, Lord, have I provoked my husband in any way recently? Have I been given to arguing? Have I started an argument that didn't need to happen, focused a little too much on a shortcoming or something that didn't need to be addressed the way that I addressed it? I just want you to take a minute, you can push pause, and just pray about it. Um, and then I want you to hear, <laughs> I want you to hear some of these scriptures about contentious, a contentious wife. Proverbs 27, 15 says, a continual dripping on a very rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. Okay. I don't know about you, but I do not want to be a continual dripping. <laughs> um, for my husband, Proverbs 21, 19 says better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. Man, that is really sad. I really, you know, I, I don't want my actions to make my husband want to dwell in the wilderness without me. That is for dang sure. Another one is Proverbs 21, 9. Better to dwell in a corner of a housetop than in a sh house shared with a contentious woman. So better to just be tucked away in the attic, basically, than to share a house with a woman who is prone to arguing, prone to provoking and causing arguments. Um, and, you know, it's these are just things to keep in mind. And obviously, none of us are perfect. I'm sure at one time or another, we have caused arguments. We have been the ones that have instigated or been contentious or prone to argue. You know, I, and sometimes, sometimes it's seasons in life, uh, you know, can stress can make you respond to your spouse in a really not great way. And so I just uh, want to encourage you to, if you need to rewind a little bit and listen to those again, um, just weigh those and, you know, just think about how you can just think about how you're speaking and if you are causing any of those things in your house. Because the first thing is if you want your husband to be good to you and to have fun with him and for your marriage to be happy and healthy, that there's definitely no room for that in for contention in your marriage. So take a minute, give a little prayer, say, Lord, point out to me if I've been contentious anytime uh, recently, this week, today, 
in the last five minutes, whatever it is that you need to do. But this is something that I do often because I listen to these. I I listened to these scriptures mostly when I was doing a study with some sweet family friends called God's Priceless Woman, and we talked a lot about these. And um, so that was when I first kind of heard all of these scriptures about being a constant dripping and contentious. And, you know, I definitely did not want to be that for my hubby. So though that's kind of a negative side. Now let's talk a little bit about the positive side of being a wife. Um, I am going to give you a couple of scriptures about prudence. So Prudence, if you don't know the definition, is the ability to govern and discipline oneself by the use of reason, skill, good judgment, and the management of affairs. Let me say that again. Prudence is the ability to govern and discipline oneself by the use of reason, skill, and good judgment in the management of affairs. And here is what Proverbs has to say about prudence. Proverbs 27, 12 says a prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Proverbs 19, 14 says house and wealth are the inheritance from the fathers, but a wise and understanding and sensible wife is a gift and blessing from the Lord. So there is a benefit to being prudent, to having discipline with how you manage speaking with your spouse, how you manage your marriage, how you approach it, whether that is your actual speech or your heart intentions, there is benefit to it. You know, the prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The danger is that if you don't take heed to these wise things that we can find in some of the some of the wise things we find in proverbs then you can also see what happens when we do not prioritize those things so i just again i would really encourage you if you are struggling in your marriage if you are feeling like there is little hope or even just frustrated about your marriage and how things are happening. I really want to encourage you to stop the focus on your spouse and turn it over to yourself and look at what can you do today? What could you do that would love show love to your spouse, that would show honor to your spouse, that could serve your spouse, and I guarantee you that this practice of not being so worried about what they're doing will help you to be more content. You will be blessed because you're waiting for the Lord to bless you, not for your spouse to bless you. And this is not to say that there shouldn't be conversations about bad habits possibly coming from your spouse or bad habits that you made together that you see are a detriment to your marriage. This doesn't mean that there shouldn't be conversations about it, but there shouldn't be a nagging focus on, you know, my husband never takes me on a date. Oh gosh, you know, if you sit and focus on that constantly, you are going to find yourself in bitterness and discontentment. And so that is my encouragement to you. 
And before I get on to the five habits that have served me well as a wife, I want to take a minute if to say if you are not married yet and you're listening to this because you want to learn about being a wife, then listen in. Hey, hey guys, it's Kevin and Caroline Rogers. Rogers. As you probably know by now, we love our marriage and are so passionate about giving others the tools they need to truly have a joyful marriage. It breaks our hearts to know the divorce rate, whether you are a Christian or not, is 50%. Yikes. We also know that nobody gets married and hopes to have a divorce. Exactly. This is why we feel God has given us the motivation to equip as many couples as possible before walking down the aisle. On our 20th wedding anniversary, we launched an online premarital course. We share our own experiences as well as what God's Word says about marriage. In it, we go over five cornerstones of a healthy God-honoring marriage and give you tangible tips on how to walk in it. You'll have over five hours of video teaching from us along with downloadable resources to take into your marriage. We have always loved our marriage and want you to love yours too. If you're getting married and would love to have some great tools to take into marriage, Join us today for the course. Hey, even if you know anyone who is getting married, be sure to share this info with them. Link to the course is in the show notes or on our website, MarriedRogersNeighborhood.com. While you're busy planning your wedding, don't forget to plan your marriage. Join Join us and and learn learn how how to thrive and not just survive. Okay, we are back with five habits that have served me well as a wife. And again, you can go back and listen to the episode with me and my hubby where we talked about marriage habits that we have cultivated together. But these are specific things that I have done that the Lord has put on my heart to do that I wanted to share. And you can pray about whether they are something that you would like to try and implement in your own marriage. All right, so number one is taking time to spend with the Lord and actually having a relationship with the Lord. That to me, when I look back over the course of my marriage, the number one benefit that I can see that I've done, the habit that I've done time and time again that I've seen the most benefit from is actually having a relationship with the Lord. Because honestly, you and your spouse are both human and you have moments where you're going to be hard-headed or they're going to be hard-headed and the holy spirit is really incredible when he comes and softens each other's hearts and comes into that but the way that that happens is when you and your spouse both pursue god's heart now me and my hubby you'll hear us encourage you to do that together as a couple as well and we definitely still recommend that you do that But your personal relationship with Jesus is so incredibly important. And you will find that the Holy Spirit can comfort you. The Holy Spirit will give you wisdom as you're reading the word and looking for a way to go through your marriage and approach it in the right way. The Holy Spirit can teach you. And that can only happen when you actually have a relationship with God. You don't want to just say, oh yeah, you're a Christian and you go to church and you've never really sat down and spent time in the word and spent time in prayer. Um, Because when life gets hard, which it does for all of us at some point, 
you will be on sinking sand. You will have not nothing to stand on. And that is one thing that even in moments where I felt like, you know, we were maybe having a discussion and we were trying to, you know, meet on a certain level with maybe something that we were having, you know, a bit of a disagreement on or something. I would say that the thing that keeps me at peace is the fact that my hope is in Jesus. And that is the thing that continually steadies me, centers me. I I was a ballerina growing up and my ballet teacher used to always say, find your center, find your center. That is my center. God is my center. And so I would really encourage you if you don't already pursue God's heart by actually diving into his word on a regular basis and praying uh, for your own relationship with him and pursuing that, then I would really encourage you to do that because that has been a huge habit that has served me well. I'm just going to share with you a couple of scriptures kind of uh, talking about that. Psalms 1, 1 through 3 says, Blessed. Fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, following their advice and example, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit down to rest in the seat of scoffers, ridiculers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law, his precepts, and his teachings, he habitually meditates day and night, and he will be like a tree firmly planted and fed by streams of water which yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers and comes to maturity. Oh, I love that one. Um, and then Hebrews 4, 11 through 13. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. So these are just two really great verses that talk about the benefits of spending time with God, spending time in the word and having that hidden in your heart. And that is beneficial to your marriage. The number one thing that I think you can do to benefit your marriage. Number two, praying for my husband every day. So I pray for God to bless him. I pray for his work. I pray for God to just speak to him and just in general, lots of different things about him. And you know, again, my husband and I will tell you, pray together as husband and wife, and that is important. But I really, really want to encourage you to pray for your spouse. Literally make the habit to pray for your spouse and especially pray for your spouse when they are frustrating you. <laughs> that would definitely be, that's a harder one to do. But I, I have seen so much fruit from the prayers that I prayed for my for my heavy like it is incredible journey to go on and you know and not just when there's like something wrong like you know your hubby might be you know having something hard at work or whatever those are all really good things but to pray some really good things for your spouse to grow in their relationship with God to see God's plan for their life 
to be blessed, to be used by God. There's so many things you can pray for your spouse. So just if you don't do that already, I would really encourage you to do that. And uh, I would just tell you Matthew 5, 44 in the Passion Translation says, but I say to you, love that is unselfishly seek the best or higher good for your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So this is in the Passion Translation. Um, and I just really like the part how it better explains the unselfishly seek the best or higher good for even your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So sometimes you might sit in your marriage and feel a bit persecuted, but just remember that God wants you to pray for even your enemies. And so if you're supposed to pray for your enemies, your spouse is on the complete opposite side of that. Your spouse is literally your closest neighbor and the person that you are supposed to lay down your life for. So pray for your spouse. Number three is practice the pause. So practicing the pause is not telling you to not communicate with your spouse about something that was said that was inappropriate or that hurt your feelings or whatever. But practicing the pause is saying, take a minute before you respond. I can't say that I did this well in my earlier years of being married, but it's definitely something that I've learned and honed over the years. And I can't say I always pause even now. Sometimes my tongue gets the better of me, but pausing is so important. Take a minute, assess what's going on. Not jumping right away on your spouse if something offends you. It's just there's so many benefits to it. And, you know, now not communicating can lead to discontentment and bitterness. I've heard women say, oh, you know, just don't say anything. Just keep your mouth shut. And it's like, well, that's not what I'm trying to say here. What I am trying to say is practice the pause. Pause. Don't respond immediately. If it frustrates you, say, you know, I'd kind of like to talk about this later. Right now, I'm a little bit frustrated and I'd like to give it to God. Or don't even say that. Say it to yourself in your head and go pray about it before you talk to your spouse about it. And when you make this your habit, it does honestly get easier. You can almost kind of see how the enemy uses our quick fuses or the moments where we have a knee-jerk reaction, and you're basically taking that tool out of the enemy's hand. So when you practice the pause, he doesn't, the enemy is not in control. And so I would just really encourage you to practice the pause. I love in Proverbs 17, 28, it says, even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. Even something as silly, I mean, one story that I would say is that, and this was, I don't know, maybe this was like at least like five years ago or something. I was out shopping with my hubby. Now I do our money and I manage kind of the grocery list and all those kinds of things. And I was out shopping with him and he pointed something out and said, oh, that looks fun. And I immediately said, 
no, we don't need that. We don't need that. And apparently I did this to about five or six things that he pointed out. And he so kindly and gently said, hey, babe, I, I know that I'm pointing out a lot of things, but I don't necessarily mean that we need to buy them, but I just thought it was cool or looked fun. And I would love if instead of you saying, nope, we're not going to have that. Nope, we can't have that. He said, I would love if you just saw what I was pointing out and looked at it in a different way, not like you had to defend our budget, but that you were having fun shopping with me. And he said it so kindly, and I realized, oh my gosh, I was just shutting him down, and I wasn't practicing the pause. I was immediately just shutting him down and not thinking about why he was pointing things out to me. He didn't even care whether we purchased it or not. He just wanted to show me something. And that's so sweet of him. So, you know, even in a situation like that, practicing a pause is never, never a bad thing. Habit number four that has served me well is speak sweetly. Just the way that you talk really can make a difference. And God calls us to be kind, but also making it, making it a habit to use kind words towards your spouse is it's like it's like a healing balm for your marriage first of all and also you know the scripture also talks about how pleasant words are also more persuasive so when you think about all of those things that when you speak kindly you hear somebody out a lot more think about if you are at a store and the clerk started yelling at you about something, you would have a lot harder time hearing or if someone was being snarky. And we all have bad days and we can have a moment where we where we respond snarky, but we have to really be careful about that with our spouse as a habit. So not to say that it won't ever happen again, but if you find that your immediate response is snarky or if your immediate response is snappy and you find that your words aren't kind or you're being passive aggressive, I mean, really take stock in how you are speaking to your spouse. And sometimes it might sound silly, but just really making that habit that all the words coming out of your mouth, that they sound kind. And I've seen in couples um, over the years where maybe they speak to each other in a snarky way to be funny, or they speak about each other in a not kind way and they think they're being funny. But the truth is that over time really tears down your marriage. So I would really encourage you to create a atmosphere in your home that is cultivated with kind words and just a kind heart towards your spouse. There's a couple of scriptures. Proverbs 16:24 says, "Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweet and delightful to the soul and healing to the body." And Proverbs 16:21 says, "The wise in heart will be called prudent." Remember, we heard that word earlier, and sweetness of the lips increases learning. So that's what I'm talking about how when you are speaking kindly, and wisely, and you have self-discipline to practice the pause and to respond with kindness and not just out of your immediate response of frustration or curtness, 
then God can really be glorified in your marriage. And I've seen over and over again in my own marriage when I speak with kind words. Okay, and number five is dream about and admire your spouse. Look for the good things in them and flirt with them. So that has served me really well. Um, You know, when you're dating, you kind of dream about your spouse. You know, you think about them. You can't wait to see them again. You can't wait to kiss them again. You can't wait to be near them, to hold their hand. And often our days are just, you know, wrapped up in finding yourself not being able to wait until you get to get off work and see them or whatever it may be. And then we get married and often that stops. And of course, Things do change. You are now sharing a bed together and sharing a life together day in, day out, sharing a home together. But that doesn't mean you can't dream about your spouse still, that you can't think about them throughout the day. You know, just I would say creating a habit to just think about them throughout the day and thinking about something fun you did together. Think about something funny they said. Think, just dream about them because these are the kind of things that cultivate just a sweetness towards your spouse. And I would say, you know, and then that goes along with looking for the good things in them. And just, you know, if a bad thing comes to mind or something that makes you feel like frustrated at them, you know, you see a sock on the ground or whatever, take that time to just think about something good and make it a habit. When you make these things a habit, it really does change the trajectory of your marriage and flirt with them. That's the other thing. Like, seriously, take the time to flirt with your spouse every, every single day. Flirt with your spouse. Make, if you have kids, gross your kids out with how much you're flirting with each other because it's definitely served me well. And I just have seen that the playfulness in our marriage has never really left. And now my hu- my hubby makes a point to flirt with me too. That is something that has added to the just joy and just also our physical relationship. It's kept it really sweet and playful. All right, so before I close, that's it, but I'm going to go just back over one more time uh, each of the things. So the five habits that have served me well as a wife, taking time to spend with the Lord, spending time with the Lord. That's number one, and that's important, your relationship with the Lord. Number two, praying for your husband every day. Pray for his good, pray for God to bless him, and make that habit. Number three, practice the pause. Next time you are tempted to respond immediately to something that frustrates you or that you disagree with, take a minute and pause and bring it to the Lord first um, before you respond or just take a minute to respond. You will not be sorry that you did that. Number four, speak sweetly. Use sweet words, kind words about your spouse, kind words to your spouse, sweet words. And number five, dream about and admire your spouse. Flirt with your spouse. So those are the five. Oh my goodness, I forgot one. Okay, so there's going to be six habits that have served me well in marriage, not five. Um, I can't believe I forgot this one, but it's It's kind of a small one, but I think it's been really important. So I don't talk on the phone with anybody 
after my hubby gets home from work. And I've done this since we got married and another mentor of mine before I got married had encouraged me to do this. And it has served me so well. It has served our marriage so well. And I have seen the fruit from it. And I mean, that moved into when we got married, there was, I mean, we didn't have a computer or any, you know, you had the phone, but you didn't have phones that you could go online and search for hours and things like that. But as we've moved into this age where you can be on social media and you can, you know, do all of these things or text with people, I really make a point to put all of that down in a way when my hubby is home because I do want to prioritize time with him. And I know that those kind of things can be very distracting and it can just our time can slip through our hands and prioritizing my marriage has looked like as soon as my hubby gets home from work, he is king of the castle. I mean, I give him my number one focus. So that is the final and last thing that has served me well in my marriage for the most part throughout my entire marriage and that I've seen a difference. And even if I maybe wasn't, like I said, I wasn't as good with practicing the pause maybe early on in my marriage. I knew that there was a benefit to it. And the Lord really had pointed out all those scriptures about, you know, a fool being wise if he kept his mouth shut. So, um, so the Lord was working on those things with me. So these are just some things that the Lord has honed in me. And so again, I would just really encourage you to take a look at you, ask the Lord to point out things that you could do and ask your spouse, say, Hey, how could I be a better wife to you? What could I do that would bless you today? What could I do that would bless you this week? What could I do that would make you feel like I'm loving and honoring you? And give to the Lord your desires for them to change. If you have something that you see in them that just really bugs you, that you're having a really hard time with, bring it to the Lord as many times as it comes to your mind. Just give it to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm going to have to ask you to handle this. And just take a minute and focus on what you can do to enrich your marriage. And before we close, I just want to read you Colossians 3, 12 through 15. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. All right, friends, that's it for today. I'm so thankful you joined us and hope it spurs you on to encourage someone else. You can find and interact with me at Real Housewives of the Kingdom on both Instagram and Facebook and my website, marriedrogersneighborhood.com, which is linked in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would really appreciate if you would rate and review the podcast wherever you are listening. Just remember, we are in this together. God loves you and you are not alone. See you next time.